ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Monday, February 10th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program anytime by calling the Miller Lite phone line, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds your great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Of course, as we always do on Monday, we're broadcasting from the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. And why is Monday a good time to come down to the Union Public Grill? Well, it's two reasons, really. One, you've got $1.50 bottles. And the other reason, $2 call shots every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. Uh, just me tonight. I'm going solo. Dave Walsh, unavailable tonight, so we'll get him back on the show next week. And of course, I'm sure he'll want to he'll really want to talk XFL with me. We're going to do that later on the program. We're going to get into that fun weekend. Not talking about it too much right now, but fun weekend. It wasn't bad. It was a lot better than I thought it would be. So we'll get into that, and we'll take your phone calls on that as well. But, of course, you know what I was doing this weekend. Well, we had Marshall basketball. Saturday, I was a little concerned. Then I saw the score of Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky, and I thought, okay, maybe Marshall can beat these guys. And Marshall was able to do that. Had to go to overtime to do it, but Marshall gets the win over Louisiana Tech in overtime. 83 to 79. And let me give you just a rundown of the box score here. We'll break it down further into the show. But just a surface glance. If I would have told you that Marshall would win a game in overtime and Iron Bennett would play 20 minutes, go 0 for 1, and have zero points, no three point shots, no free throw shots, just one shot from the field, and come down with two rebounds. If I told you that and Marshall won, you might not believe me. Five fouls, 20 minutes of action for him. Where did Marshall get the offense from? Well, first of all, Tavion Kinsey, 19 points. Always reliable. You can always depend on Tavion Kinsey. Andrew Taylor had eight points. Okay, that's pretty good. Hey, Jansen Williams, seven points. Let me talk about Jansen for a second. Two of seven, both from the three-point line. He was two of six there hit his free throw, one of two. So he was 50% from the line there. He gave you four rebounds. All right, I'd like to see more from him, but still, that's pretty good, playing with only two fouls. But he also gave you a couple of blocks. He had a steal, had a couple of assists. So all of a sudden, his stat line's starting to show back up, and that's good. Marshall needed him on Saturday. And then you look at the guy who led the team, Jared West, 25 points. 9-15 shooting, 4-7 from three-point line, hit 3-6 three of six from the free-throw line. He was playing with only two fouls. He had seven assists. He did have four turnovers, but it's not too bad. Marshall had 14 as a team. One block, three steals. He's out there 39 minutes. But he's not the reason why Marshall won initially. you got to give props to Michael Byers. Michael Byers in that game, 8 of 11. Six of nine from the three-point line. Hit both his free throws. Had six rebounds. He was playing with three fouls, one assist, one turnover, one block, one steal. And for 28 minutes, you got 24 points out of him. Also, 
You're not going to overtime without Michael Byers because he's the one that sent it to overtime. So the thundering herd goes to overtime because of him, and the herd takes care of business. In that first half, Marshall, they they trailed a little bit. 27 points is all they could muster. Louisiana Tech went into half 31-27. You thought, okay, this is going to be competitive. And then Marshall, it was back and forth. It felt like Marshall could win this game and do it in regulation, but they needed a little bit more time. But they, they won the second half, 41-37. So we got to go to overtime to get it settled, and they score 15 in that overtime stanza. Thundering herd with the victory. All of a sudden, they're a little bit higher now in the standings. Thank goodness. We're not talking pod three anymore because pod three looks like this. Middle Tennessee with two wins in conference. Southern Miss with three wins in conference. Rice with four wins in conference. And UTEP with four wins in conference. Marshall has all of a sudden got themselves into a position where if they can win one more game, they win one of two on the road, they're locked themselves in the pot two. Don't have to worry about pot three. Don't have to worry about stumbling and getting out of the tournament. You don't have to worry about all that. You still want to be in pod one, but I don't think that's possible. But you know what? You get a good seed in pod two. Maybe you make a run. Maybe, just maybe. We'll see. But after the game, one of the guys who was a star of this game, as always, we like talking to him, is Tavion Kinsey. And uh, I caught up with Tavion after the game, and uh, I talked to him a little bit about the fact that, hey, you had to go into overtime. I even joked about it. Like, look, man, hey, I'm getting old here. Let's get these things done in regulation. And he laughed, and he said they wanted to get it in regulation. But you know what? He had no problem with overtime. Here's Tavion Kinsey. We wanted to end it in regulation, but uh, we knew it was going to be a battle with these guys, you know, them being the top in Conference USA. If not, they're the top to us. Uh, we uh, we heard that they lost the Western. I, we knew these guys were going to come in and not want to get swept on their road trip, but we ended up, you know, it, it, it was grimy. We got we got into a, another little um, quarter for y'all, but that five minutes, everybody went hard as they could, played as hard as they could. Got to congratulate Mike tonight, Jared, for making big shots. Guys stepped up, and uh, it was it was tough, but we got the win. Take me through those last few minutes because it was back and forth, and there was a point where you were going back and forth. Louisiana Tech didn't seem to be able to make any ground, and then finally you broke through, and they were chasing you. The crazy thing is um, we ended up going down. I think I uh, got an and one. I missed the free throw, so we went up 77 uh, to 74. Then he hit one free throw, and I told Jerry, I looked at him, and I was like, we have to push this. Like, we have to push this out. They gave us a chance to make a bigger lead, you know, whether if it's a three and put us up five or it's a, it's a two and put us up four, we kind of need to push this so that we don't be so close to them when it comes to the end of the game. He did it. We passed it to Mike, got a couple of movements. He had a big shot. We pushed it out, and that's, that's basically what we did. Those last five minutes, we know it was crucial. And the thing is, we don't never go over, like, what, what happens when we go into overtime because we want to win it in regulation. But I think the team buckled down and played very well in regulate. I mean, very well in overtime, so. You had guys step up, as you mentioned. You know, Jared's going to do what Jared does, of yes. course. And, you know, you get Michael Byers out there tonight just feeling it. Huh. Man. Uh, I got to commend Mike, really. Like, on a, on a um, personal level, he's been through a lot. You know, losing his um, stepbrother this year, uh, going from a, a starter to a non-starter to sometimes not even playing. 
but uh, the guy is always locked in mentally. He gets it the most sometimes in practice. Sometimes he makes mistakes, but he never he never seems to quit. He comes back every single day with a great attitude. Even when he was going through stuff, he had a great attitude because I know how he feels. Like I lost two of my grandparents during the season last year. So for him to step up and have a big game and make the, the shot that took us into overtime, it was it was very, very big. And I, I, I really am proud of him a lot. So. How do you guys keep this momentum up? You're going on the road next week, and then you've got pod play. You know, at this point, you don't know where you're going to end up, but it doesn't really matter if you guys can get on a run. Um, we know these two these two next week games are, are very big. You know, we we need to win both of these games to go and at least get us a good seating in a good pod. We don't want to be in the bottom pod or the bottom second pod or any of that. We're trying to. We really want to shoot for first or something to happen. And then we got bonus play games, so we want to win those. But we're taking it one game at a time. Uh, we, we're taking this moment, uh, take a break on Sunday, you know, get our win, get our bodies right, come back on Monday, and we know we got to lock back in. It's, it, the season's definitely not over. It's not even close to over for me. So. It's Tavion Kinsey caught up with him immediately following the victory. Good win. Hurd gets both of the home games. Now they go on the road, get at least a split. If they can get a split, they're going to guarantee themselves a spot in pod two, and then we'll find out where the Herd will play. you got four games. A couple of those are going to be home. A couple of those are going to be on the road. We just don't know the mix just yet. It's based on seeding, and I don't have that chart. So we'll face that when we cross that bridge in a few weeks. But the Herd's in action this week, and I was at practice today. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. I caught up with Jared West. We'll hear from him. I'll talk to Iron Bennett. We're going to hear from him later on. We're going to hear from Dan D'Antoni, get his thoughts on the upcoming week and the week that was when we continue with this edition of The Drive. Coming to you live from the Union Pub and Grill here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington for today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. we got Jason Toy back in the studio. Appreciate him. And you can join us by giving us a call at any time at 877-420-TALKS, 877-420-8255. Those, the numbers to dial to be a part of the Miller Lite phone lines. Miller Lite holds your great taste only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Well, we talked about the star of the game, Jared West. I mean, he had a great weekend overall, but not enough to get player of the week honors. Javon Jackson earns player of the week honors once again. UTSA split. Marshall won. I would think you would give it to the guy who won both his games, but nope. Javon Jackson, who has uh, won the award almost every single week, it feels like. I mean, seriously. If you, if you look at how many times he's won it, it's almost as if we're going to have to rename the thing after him because he, he won it this week. He won it back on December 16th, December 23rd. He's also won it January 13th. So if you're looking for your player of the year in Conference USA, it's probably going to be him. We got a few weeks ago, though. We'll see how it shakes out as far as the vote concerned, but he's definitely going to be first team in Conference USA, but a guy I think is going to be first team as well. If he's not first team, then he got Rob and it's Jared West. Jared, again, outstanding performance in that game on Saturday. You look at his numbers, 9 of 15, 4 of 7 from the three-point line. More importantly, 
39 minutes, 25 points, also seven assists. He get a few more assists. We're talking double-double here. But Jared West, always my go-to guy when I go over to practice, and I caught up with him, and I just asked him about the team itself. It's one to kind of get his feel for how the team performed on Saturday, and here's my conversation with Jared, and that's the first question, just kind of get a breakdown of how that team performed. Um, I thought we just we really played hard this week. You know, I thought I thought both games were testing in their own little way. You know, I, we were down at one point in the second half both times, but I thought we just kept fighting and uh, finished the games well in both games. Really, I think a lot of it started defensively and rebounding and uh, limiting turnovers on offensive end, and trying to value the ball. And um, I, honestly, at the end of the day, I thought it was about just competing and um, really just fighting and staying together because. You know, it's tough to beat those teams. Whether you're home or away and you're down in the second half, you know, it can lose some of your momentum and your confidence, but I just thought we kept playing. You think a lot of that has to do with the consistency from everyone? You went on some runs. It was back and forth. I mean, it was some fun basketball out there. Yeah. Uh, that Louisiana Tech game was really fun, man. I mean, they, they got a good team, and they made a couple runs. I think I want to say they got up 11 twice at some point during the game. But, um, you know, we also made our runs to get back in it as well. So we were right there. We just kept fighting. We just kept playing. Um, we hit some shots. Mike hit some shots. Uh, Jansen hit some shots, which really um, helped us out a ton. Anytime you make shots, it gives you a lot better chance. And um, I thought we just kept fighting, man. We kept fighting. We stuck with it. We, uh, we, we kept our runs to a minimum. We made our runs. And um, we stayed confident, man. We stayed confident. We just kept playing, trusting our system. Our fans did a great job. And I thought that was huge for us. I thought it was, a, it was definitely a big week. Now, we're getting down to the last couple of regular season games before the bonus play, and you're going to Texas. And, you know, you guys are pretty hot right now, but uh, Texas is a hard place to play. Yeah, it is a it is a tough place to play, man. Both both those teams are pretty good teams. They're probably better than what their record says, really. And, um, you know, obviously UTSA, they know they got uh, two really good scores. Um, Jackson is – Number two in the country, I think, in scoring right now, um, and they just they had a good week. Um, it's going to be two tough games for sure. We got to get mentally and physically prepared for this week. We got to be ready to go, and um, we got to go like we got to go back down there and compete. You know, we got to go down and compete even even more because we're not on a home court. So we just got to be ready. Got to feel good also going in on a win streak, knowing that with bonus play about to start, you guys are in a pretty good position now of your own making. Yeah, we definitely got to use this as momentum. This is a big week for us, a big confidence booster for us. And it really just gives us a reassurance that we can beat these good teams and we can um, grind games out. You know, we just got to finish the game. We got to come out and do it. And um, for us to win two in, two in a row this week at home in front of our home in front of our home crowd, man, that's a big confidence boost for us and a big momentum carry for us. We just got to, we got to use it uh, in a positive way going forward. And let's talk about that crowd for a second. 6,531. And it was legit. That wasn't one of those tickets sold numbers. It was legit. The crowd was loud. I don't think it's been that loud since maybe last season, postseason run, maybe CIT. That was a crazy loudness in that arena. And I talked to Iron Bennett about that here in a minute. But, again, the Hurt fans – have not lost faith of this on this team. I mean, you could you could honestly say that Marshall, for the most part, has been a solid team, has some ups and downs, but fans are fickle. And on a Saturday night, 6,531 show up. Marshall taking on one of the best teams in Conference USA. Gets the win in overtime. I didn't see too many people head for the exit, and usually 
Fans like to head for the exits early, beat that Huntington traffic. Not this time. It was a legit crowd, stayed to the very end. Overtime does that sometimes. I think sometimes they they just go to overtime to keep you in the seat. And it worked for me because it was an exciting game till the end. So, as I mentioned, I caught up with Iron Bennett, and I talked a little bit about consistency with Jared, and I wanted to talk to Iron about the same thing, but the fact is this team is building up momentum for that final push, and I talked to Iron about that earlier, and here's what he had to say. Building up a lot of momentum. Um, this Going into this week, um, it's going to be a very big week because – Obviously, we want to we want to finish like in a high seed, um, high pool in our conference or whatever. So it's gonna be a big week. Um, we gotta really lock in, have three great practices, and then head down to Texas, Utah, get these two wins. Let's talk about the consistency of this team. Um, Thursday and Saturday, uh, you guys were playing sort of a, you know, the best of the of the league and sort of a team that wasn't the best of the league, and you guys were pretty consistent both games. Yeah. Um, um, this week was a was a good week. Um, we were home both games, both both great crowds at both games. Um, first first game, um, I remember. I remember first half, like we we were like clicking great, and then we like went on a little, I guess, a little dead spurt where we didn't score for like six, seven minutes. But then we picked it back up, came out second half, finished out strong. Um, game Saturday was a very intense game, I think. Very intense. It was very high energy. Everybody was live in here. Like it was great, and we obviously got the win in overtime, and it was great. It was great. Why'd you guys have to go to overtime? I'm an old man. I got, I got to go out. home. <laughs> Shout out to um, Michael for hitting the um, overtime bucket. That was that was big. Like, oh my god, when we hit that shot, it got so loud in here. Everybody was going crazy. It was that was nuts. It was one of the. It's a very crazy experience. Was that the loudest event maybe since uh, maybe last year's CIT? I think forever. I think so. It got it got dumb. Like soon as Mike hit that, like it was ah, like I couldn't hear nothing but just screams. Like it was it was crazy. It was crazy. That was a big shot. Mike had a um, shout out to Mike too. He had a great game Saturday. Great game. Came in, stepped up. He ain't been playing. He ain't been playing for a while, but he came in, stepped up, played big minutes, gave us big buckets, all that. What's a game like that do for you? Now you got to go on the road. Uh, I mean, I know you wish you could just bottle it up and take it with you, but uh, I mean, what's that do knowing that you can beat a team like Louisiana Tech and, and you haven't lost the fans? I mean, there's probably more fans here than in any game all season. Yeah. Um, if anything, I mean, I think it just gives us confidence and just, I don't know. Just confidence in ourselves and stuff, just to go down here in UTEP and just, you know, just go out there and compete and play hard. Shoot. Just <laughs> do do everything we can just to get a just, just to get the win. Like it's it was very it's very good to play those two home games home and then But it's gonna be tough to like going somebody else's place and playing at their home because it ain't gonna be the same. We ain't gonna have all the same energy, our fans, crowd, and all that. Like, so it's gonna be different. We gotta bring our energy and just play hard and just work. 
work through everything. Is it also a different energy now that you know that, okay, we've pretty much taken care of our business uh, and pod plays about to begin and you know, it really doesn't matter at that point. You're going to be locked in. You know you're going to the tournament. Now you're just playing for seeding and, and hoping just to stay hot. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, because – Cause like I said, like this is a big week. This is gonna determine like where we're at and pod. So like for sure, like we want to go down here and go two and zero. Like that's for sure. But I mean, if it doesn't happen, I want it to happen. I don't even want to say that. But I mean, it's a big week. Like we want these two wins, and it it very could determine like how I mean I guess how the outcome would come. When we go down there to Dallas, like it's going to determine what pod we're going to be, who we're going to be playing. So we're just trying to get in a good pod, so it won't be as tough, I guess, down there in Dallas. Do you even like the pod play the way that uh, you play through the regular season? You got to wait to figure out who you play again. I mean, like it's it's all right. It's different because um, I mean, back home, like in high school and stuff, like ours is different. I mean, we we just play like wherever number you were like in the conference, I guess, like compared to like your wins and losses or whatever. That's just where you started at and see. So, I mean, it's definitely different for me. Um, this is what my my second year and like doing this little pod play stuff. So, I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, it, it is what it is. I just play. I'm just uh, I just want to win, get these two wins. And then go down there to Dallas, get to the tournament, start playing down there. I'm ready to go down there. Iron Bennett, he's okay with pod play. I don't like pod play. I gave it a fair shot. I don't like pod play. Here's the conference standings. As we mentioned, Middle Tennessee is still the bottom team, but I'm not going to go bottom top. We're going to go top bottom. North Texas, 10-2 and two still. I would imagine that would be the team everyone was chasing. Ten and two, Western Kentucky right behind them at nine and three, and then Louisiana Tech's eight and four, FIU's eight and four, Charlotte eight and four. So that's your first pod. Then you get into that clump in the middle, and that's a term that Dan D'Antonio used earlier today. Clump. You have Florida Atlantic, Marshall, and Old Dominion all at six and six, and then UAB and UTSA. Five and seven. So that's pod two. We just need to determine the ranking and the seeding for pod two. Then you got pod three. And if Marshall can get one more win, Marshall doesn't have to worry about pod three. It's UTEP at four and eight, Rice at four and eight, then Southern Miss is three and nine, and then Middle Tennessee's two and ten. Who knows? Pod play is actually a blessing for Middle Tennessee because Middle could get hot. Middle could beat Southern Miss, Rice, and UTEP and work their way into a tournament spot. I mean, that's how it works. The bottom two teams that maybe don't have a shot at getting in the tournament have a shot now. So when you look at it that way, it's a good opportunity for those teams. But you don't want to be in that situation where it's a good opportunity for you. You want to be a little bit more secure that you're going to the tournament. And I know it's got to be difficult as well if you're trying to plan what you're going to do travel-wise because one minute you think you're going, next minute you don't go. At least with the old system, you kind of had a good idea. All right, should we be prepping? Should we be getting ready to be going to the tournament or not? While other teams, North Texas knows they're going to the tournament. They're probably prepping right now. They're, they're warming up the bus, warming up whatever vehicle they're going to take. Because, again, 
This tournament is in Texas. This tournament is to the benefit, I think, of Conference USA more than the geography of Conference USA membership. But that's something we can address later on this week. When we come back from break, we're going to hear from Dan D'Antoni, get his thoughts on heading to Texas, and, of course, get his thoughts on the previous week. We'll take your phone calls as well at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. That the number to be a part of the Miller Lite phone lines. Miller Lite hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. we got more on the way here from the Union Pub and Grill. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're broadcasting live at the Union Pub and Grill. It's 1125 Fourth Avenue, and every Monday you can join us here for the Monday special. $1.50 bottles, $2.00 call shots every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. Of course, rocking out, jamming. Music's always good here. And, of course, we get all the TVs, and I'm sure a lot of these TVs were on the XFL over the weekend. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on, but uh, we're still talking Marshall basketball. Dan D'Antoni feeling pretty good. He has to be feeling good right now. The Thundering Herd win the homestand. That's good. Thundering Herd now winners of two. If they could have got the last road game, they could be winners of four in a row, but as it stands right now, Marshall in their last ten games, they're five and five. So, 500, you'd like to see a little bit better, but there are some teams that are not 500, like Middle Tennessee, who have won only two of their last ten, and Southern Miss, who have won only three of their last ten. So the Thundering Herd, five and five. I'll take that with hopes that Marshall can maybe get hot and get on a run as we head to tournament play. And Dan D'Antoni, as I mentioned, in a good mood today. Keith Morehouse, I was with him earlier this afternoon when we were over at the Henderson Center, and he was talking to Danny, so I picked up a little bit of it. He asked in a sort of a jovial way that, hey, you, you really coached up Michael Byers pretty well, and here's Danny's response to that. Michael. Michael. And uh, we were expecting that all along. That's where he was recruited, thinking that was his game. That's what his game would grow to. Whatever happened in between, I've told him to repeat all things that he did prior to the game. <laughs> And I'll wear the same clothes. Because <laughs> if he'll stay that way, then we're going to be a good ball club. The, the cool part is his dad was here. And then he said his mom's coming to the UTEP game. So I said, you need a family member coming every game, right? Is that, that, well, is I'm going to hope key? it's not that because that might cost me a lot of money <laughs> to fly his dad in and mom in every game. But uh, you know what? I, I was happy for him. You could see the big smile on his face. You know, and there's a lot of. Sometimes as coaches, we don't, and as an adult, we don't realize how much pressure they really have on them. Because that's their dreams, and that you know he sees it going away, sitting down on the bench, and that just builds even more pressure. But you know to come out here and stand to do that, put a smile on his face, and now we just got to hope he'll continue that. If he does that, then we we'll take a big step forward as a ball club. I asked him and Jansen about perseverance, and both of them have gone through struggles, but. You know, it just shows the work. I think you come out and work, it, it can the light can come right back on, right? Well, you know, one thing you never dwindle from Mike is the love of basketball. And he, he's in this gym a lot. So uh, I, I might want to get him in the weight room a little more, but uh, he is in the gym a lot. So, uh, you know, uh, just like I said, I just hope he'll continue. 
does that help the team knowing that these guys, have, I mean, J Jansen's come out and played hard. Maybe his shot's not back yet, but Michael does what he does. And does the team kind of coalesce around those guys? Well, probably our weakest position on the floor, uh, the four man, number one, which is Jansen and Michael and George. Uh, and then the center, although it's grown, it's grown. Iron's gotten better. And Gore has, has given us a big uh, shot. I tried uh, Marco down at the four. He's a little bit small for it. Got him back out in the perimeter, kind of where he belongs. But So that means even more valuable for Jansen, Michael, George to give us a lot of production out of that four spot. And at times, back up to center. You've prided yourself since you've been here on being better at the end of the year than you are at the beginning. And it, and it seems like you guys are rounded into some pretty good form right now. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know why that is, but that was even when I was coaching high school. Our teams were always better going into the playoffs than we were at the start. Now, I might want to look and see what I'm doing wrong at the beginning of the season, but uh, 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 it has worked out that way. Uh, in fact, this year, six and six, we're exactly where we were last year. And we're with a very, very young ball club. So this program's taking a step ahead, maybe not so much in the wins, but we did not, you know, we hit our peak a little bit. It's like stocks. We didn't go all the way back down to the basement. We stayed about where we were at the end of last year, even though it was a reload. So we just got to keep getting better, try to move this basketball program forward and have it to where uh, uh, everybody's proud of the uh, uh, what we have going on here. Go ahead. You got Texas trip coming up this week, and uh, obviously uh, that's always a fun venture for you guys. Yeah, we got the Texas two-step. So I've been I put on some music last night and was dancing. Did pretty well. So I'm expecting to go to Texas and uh, see if we can't get into the winner's circle. What about these two teams, Coach? UTSA, you know what they've got. They've got the guards. And what, what, what do these two teams present for you? Well, both their records are like our record, really. It's, they were in the clump in the uh, middle to a little lower the middle in that area. Now, while our win, we moved up into the top of the clump, but they're still in that clump. So they're a good ball club. Uh, they uh, really, San Antonio was predicted really high. Uh, they, they haven't met their expectations, so that worries you a little bit because you don't know when that could happen too. That could turn for them. Uh, Texas El Paso, new coach. and. Uh, reload a little bit, but uh, they won some games that they weren't expected to win. So we, we have to make sure that we're ready to go down there. It's two, two good games to get us into the pod play. There you have it, head coach Dan D'Antoni. He's about ready to go do the Texas two-step. Can you imagine Danny and his cowboy boots doing the Texas two-step? I don't even want to even visualize it. But you can go ahead and visualize that all you want. We're here today at the Union Pub and Grill. You know what? We're going to talk XFL when we continue. And I'm sure there was a lot of XFL football on the screens on Saturday and Sunday. That's right. Football is back. Okay, we'll find out how you really felt about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
We're here today at the Union Pub and Grill for the Monday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And, of course, XFL is a thing we're going to talk about because, first of all, remember last year when we were trying this alternative to the NFL, the Alliance of American Football, the AAF? That was not long for this world. Good idea. Poor execution. Now you bring in billionaire Vince McMahon, who also tried this one time with NBC and Dick Ebersole. It didn't work out the first time because I think they were a little too extreme in the way they were going about this. This time around, though, you watch the XFL, and the first thing you note is that it feels like it is a professional football league. It's not the NFL, but it is still a professional football league. So that's a plus right there. Ticket sales from all indicators, stronger than the AAF. Fans were excited. Social media was really into it, and we'll see how long that lasts. But everything that you could want from the XFL as far as positive vibes, you got. Plus, They did some things a little different that I thought were novel. Now, I didn't watch every game throughout. I have a couple that I taped, but I watched pieces of here and there of games as I was going through my weekend. It's not the same as sitting down and just watching an NFL game for me. That's sort of a ritual. Sunday, 1 o'clock, I'm watching an NFL game. My schedule hasn't really adjusted yet to the fact that, oh, hey, we have football. But... I thought it was a good idea that they're doing Saturday games, they're doing Sunday games as well. I mean, they don't have that many teams, but still, spread it out. And that's another thing. The television is a lot better. You've got ESPN behind this thing, you've got Fox, so all of a sudden, you've got legitimate television. Now, I'm not saying that CBS isn't legitimate, but you got the backing of Fox, you got the backing of ESPN, and so, what have we learned in the past? The biggest thing in sports is what's on ESPN, right? For the most part, few exceptions, Super Bowl, not on ESPN. But if it's on ESPN, for the most part, it's the biggest thing going on. And especially if you watch SportsCenter, right after a game, the biggest game going on after the game is on SportsCenter. They talk about it. And so you got a lot of social media butts, and the football wasn't bad. It took a few minutes to get things warmed up. And you got to understand here, here's an upstart league, a league that this is their first week of action. you got guys who probably haven't played live fire football in a season or two, and it took a few minutes. And then the other thing I really liked about it was the access. I don't know if too much access is a good thing, but I like the access, especially when you're watching the game and you get a live interview with a coach. Not a coordinator, not special teams coach, no. You're talking to the head coach. Hey, coach, what were you seeing there? What was going on? And then the other thing I liked about that access is you get to hear what they're talking about. It's one thing you mic up a football player for the NFL broadcast, and you kind of hear what he's talking about. And I'm sure some of that's sanitized, and we did get an F-bomb on the air. We did get one. After all, this is the XFL. This is the Extreme Football League. But just hearing what was going on on the sidelines, maybe some of the indecision or double 
thought, yeah, maybe double thinking what you're doing. Okay, maybe second guessing yourself is probably what I'm looking for here. And I thought all of that made for an interesting presentation. And I like the kickoff. I really like the way they're handling kickoffs. That was one thing that I thought was pretty unique. It's not gimmicky. And that's the difference here. Remember the first time around XFL? All right, we're not going to have a coin toss. We're going to have a scrum for the football. That was gimmicky. Instead, we've got the foundations of traditional football with some experimental rules or some different looks at standard rules that make it unique, but it's still football. It's not alien. You don't go out there and go, okay, what is this? No, it's still football, and you understand the concept. So when you have the point after, you look at, all right, are we going for a one-point, a two-point, or a three-point conversion? What are we going for here? All of a sudden, you've got some more strategy in that as well. I really like that because if you're down and you need points quick, you're going to probably go for a three-point conversion, right? Or you might just keep with the standard two-point conversion. I like that a lot. And – you kind of wonder, hey, will kickers have any opportunity in this league? Yes, kickers will have opportunities in this league because I saw more field goal attempts than maybe I expected. And you saw coaches go, hey, you know what? Well, let's go for it right here. We got to go for it. 55-yard field goal. Let's do it. And that was interesting. Just to see the same game with some different rules, I felt that you had something here. It's really going to be the question now, will it last? You got, the, you got the buzz. We've watched it now. We've kind of looked at it. And if Cincinnati ever had a team, I'd probably that would probably be my team. Because I don't know which team I'm going to follow right now. There are several teams I haven't picked yet. I know back in the studio, Jason Toy, he's a Tampa Bay guy. I get that. Makes sense. But I don't know what team to pick right now. And he hate me, isn't on the floor, isn't on the court, isn't on the field. He isn't anywhere. I can't find him. He was my guy with the uh, Las Vegas outlaw. So I don't have a team right now. But if you're looking towards the Los Angeles Wildcats as a team, think again because already – We've got drama in the XFL. That's right. Um, They lost their first game. Okay, somebody's got to lose. So what do the Wildcats do? They fired their defensive coordinator, Pepper Johnson. Here's what the head coach said. It's difficult. That's it? Winston Moss called it difficult. Okay, what's the reason here? We don't know. And then on Twitter... Your team captain, not just any player, but your team captain, your linebacker and team captain, Anthony Johnson, he tweeted that he is now a free agent. So here's what the Los Angeles Wildcats said in their statement. They said, quote, we recognize that there are issues we need to address for the 2020 season. While these decisions are difficult, we have given this significant thought. We are here to put the best possible product on the field for our fans. We thank Pepper for his contributions to the Wildcats, and we are looking forward to our home opener this weekend. They lost 37-17 to the Houston Rucknecks. And the defense really wasn't very good. P.J. Walker for Houston 
he threw four touchdowns. And they had a comeback. They had a 14-6 half deficit, and they came back. So no word on why they let Anthony Johnson go. Of course, that's what he's tweeting. He was one of your team. He's one of your team captains last week. Again, no, no word there. But I thought that was peculiar. Like, okay, what is going on here? Already, we've got one week in the books, and we've got a firing. All around, though, I thought it was pretty cool. It's different. You got to explain to people what the numbers mean because they're putting bet lines up on the screen now, and of course, that's going to make some people happy. Uh, we haven't started our XFL fantasy football league yet at the office. Uh, we're working on that for next year. But if you're looking for football, you're looking for something to watch on a Saturday, you, you want some football, you need some football on Sunday, hey, here's something. This is not that bad. It's actually a lot better than what I thought it would be. It's definitely more entertaining for me than Canadian football. I'm going to be quite honest with you. If I had to choose, right now it's NFL 1, XFL 2 when it comes to pro football. Of course, college football is a different beast altogether, and we won't even get into that. But hope you enjoyed the XFL this weekend. Uh, I thought really uh, they did everything right. Television was good. The rules were pretty good. Uh, I like the kickoff. I like a little bit of everything. So uh, I'm going to follow it a little bit more. I need a team, though. I don't know which team I'm going to pick. That's the difficulty here, which team I'm going to jump on the bandwagon for because, really, I'm not feeling D.C. Uh, New York I'm okay with. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, those uniforms, um, I, yeah, I'm not feeling those uniforms. Um, Dallas, Houston, maybe I'm a St. Louis fan. Yeah. I'm a St. Louis fan. That's, that's my team. I'm going to pick either them or New York for the, the Battle Hawks. That's going to do it for this edition of the show here from the Union Pub and Grill. For Jason Toy back in the studio, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.